You know what song is in my head right now? What? Everybody Knows by Leonard Cohen. Oh. It's on the soundtrack to Pump Up the Volume. Yeah. Yeah, you know the one I'm talking Everybody about. Everybody Knows. Yeah. That's a great one. I think partially because of what's going on in Maui. Because he has that line, the poor get poor and the rich get rich. There's more to it than that, but it's really, to me, a commentary on the super wealthy versus the rest of us. Mm -hmm. The little people. Mm -hmm. the, the little guys, as yeah. you call them. The little guys. The little guys. What do you think about this? Um, I don't, I mean... That could be true, mm -hmm. as far as the song might be talking about that. Um, I don't know. Uh, that You could be right about that, as far as what the song is talking about. Yeah, and it seems like in our society, we're reaching kind of a masks off moment. Because people have had these conspiracy theories for, I don't even know how long that the rich are controlling everything uh -huh. and they're just using us. And there's always been some evidence of this, right? Yeah. But it feels like, at least in our generation, it's more in your face than it's ever been before. It's it's very much exposed. Mm -hmm. It's very much exposed. It's just a matter of bringing these people to justice because they, they've been getting away with it for a long, long time. Some of them have been getting away with it before we were even born. Would you say? Absolutely. And it's so, you know, now things are easier. It's easier to find things now on the internet. So we can keep track of these people. And there's so much um, exposing going on. And then I think there's the stuff we know about. But then there's probably other more devious things happening behind the scenes that we won't really discover until maybe another 10 or 20 years. And that doesn't mean that it isn't out there, but right now it might be considered conspiracy theory stuff. What I think, what really boggles my mind is how some people have died and they didn't find out about their shenanigans until after they died. Exactly. It's crazy. Like when I, and, and the thing, the, the person I'm thinking about, as I've told you, um, have told you before about this person was Robbie Zacharias and I didn't know much about this guy until I heard about his his time in the ministry and that he was an, a Christian apologist and he would uh, give speeches at uh, colleges and universities and people would ask him questions but I didn't know about what happened with him until after he died I heard that he died of uh, I think it was some kind of a cancer and he was beloved by a lot of people, but I don't know that anyone knew that he had um, uh, some sexual misconduct with women. Sexual misconduct. And I, I didn't know about that mm -hmm. until after he died. And then they quickly took his show off of the air, uh, at least from the one station I listened to. So I, I find it very um, disheartening to hear that even though someone has been... And it doesn't even matter if they were in a ministry or not, even though someone has been beloved or maybe, you know, maybe even hated in our, in our culture, they die and you find out something more about this person. And this is a really touchy area for me because 
We're all human. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if you look into any of our paths, including mine, you're going to find stuff that's a little bit shady. Now, having said that, what's within acceptable bounds? So is it okay to preach on the radio about God and the benefits of Christianity if you have a past of sexual misconduct? Some would say yes, some would say no, and others would say, well, it depends. Did this happen before you accepted Jesus into your heart? And if it didn't, what have you done to repent for it? And also, what's the extent of it, too? Exactly. And some people have looked down on other, uh, you know, looked down on pastors because they had affairs Mm -hmm. during their ministry. But did they repent of that affair or multiple affairs? And can they be... Can they be redeemed? And there are people that are a lot more forgiving than other people. And I do think that there's something to be said. If you're in a public position, do you repent publicly, right? So it's one thing if a minister cheats on his wife and then she finds out that they work through the issues. But if he's talking about infidelity and never mentions his own stuff but says that it's a sin, yeah, that he should be held to a different standard because he's not... He's willing to criticize others publicly, but he's not willing to hold himself up to a mirror, right? Well, I, I and, would say that he shouldn't be preaching again if he's going to keep on continuing, uh, if he's going to continue on in this sinful behavior. And we also have to ask the question, when did the affairs happen, right? Mm-hmm. Did they happen before or after this guy started preaching against infidelity? So I don't know this Zacharias dude, but... I'm assuming that on the air, he was very anti-sexual misconduct. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know about this guy much either, but I would imagine that he probably preached on something like that, I'm guessing. Yeah. Or talked about it. Um, or maybe someone asked him a question about it. But there are people that are cunning enough to where they can keep it a secret for so long. Mm-hmm. And not even the people closest to him knew about it. Like... It's one thing if you're like Jerry Jerry Sandusky and people knew about it and tried to report it. But by the way, there's a lot of people who knew about it, like Joe Paterno, and tried to hide it. Under oh, the exactly. Rug. Joe Paterno, and Joe Paterno died before all this went down. Um, there are people that have tried to talk about it. There are other people that have tried to hide it, and then you hear about um, other people like um, Larry Nasser, who has thankfully been sentenced to life without parole because of how many people how many um girls he has um sexually abused Mm -hmm. in his time of of being a sports doctor Uh, at times i mean he was so prolific at times he would abuse them right in front of their parents that's crazy while their back was turned towards him or i'm sorry while his back was turned towards them yeah he would do it in front of them and they wouldn't even know until everything came out terrible so let's explore the idea of asking for public forgiveness a little bit more Mm -hmm. and again in a lot of these cases i think it's not really our business unless somebody preaches against something right of course and then it makes every it makes it everybody's business exactly yeah um could you continue listening to a Christian minister who preaches against 
infidelity if you later find out that he was guilty of it and he was guilty of it when he was preaching against it. And it only comes out because somebody releases the information. He doesn't make it public himself. Oh, I always stop listening to them. Okay. Now, having said that, if it was something that they did once and they're not doing it anymore, then I probably would give them another chance to Mm. redeem themselves. Right. And anyone is redeemable, but if they keep on continuing on with it, like, um, I mean, there's so many examples, yeah. right? Ted Haggard, um, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Swaggard, yeah. you know, you know, the people that we're thinking about, right? I know Jimmy Swaggard, it seemed like he repented publicly, but a lot of people were making fun of him for it. Like, oh, that wasn't really true. Mm-hmm. And it probably, it may not have been, um, <laughs> <bless> you, <laughs> but you. I heard clips of him. You know, saying I have, like, I have sinned against you, my lord. I'm like, is he making a show of it, or did he actually mean it? Mm-hmm. So, and and he was seeing prostitutes, right? Was yes, prostitutes. That's so, what I heard. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, but it's one thing if they did it once and it was a really, really bad choice, and they never, ever, ever, ever did it again, and they wanted to, you know, um. They wanted to make amends to, he wanted to make amends to his family and his wife. Like, like I heard about a singer named Michael English that that's happened to where mm. he had an affair with his, um, I think it was his secretary or something. Not uh, Jim Baker, but a, uh, he had an affair with somebody and it was public and he was out of the public eye for a while, but he came back because he had to do some repenting. I've not heard about this. Uh, oh yeah, I've heard about it. Is he a Christian singer? Yes, I don't okay. know much about his stuff, but he has um have you heard of the Gaithers? No. Okay. Well, they um uh Bill and Gloria Gaither has written um hymns and they and they've also have um a southern gospel show and they featured a lot of people on their um their shows and I think Michael English might have been one of those people but he was a um, a famous singer and got caught in adultery and but I think he had to be out of the limelight and um, had to do some repenting before coming back if I remember correctly that makes sense yeah and I think if you're a minister and we use a terminology loosely maybe televangelist right Yep. And you're caught cheating. And if you really want forgiveness, you can't just gloss over it. Like you got to mention it in your sermons. Like you say, okay, cheating is wrong. And we know sinning against God. But let me tell you what it's really like to cheat on somebody. You have a great time for a couple of hours. And then you're riddled with guilt, wondering if the secret's going to be revealed. And they really go into psychologically what happens to them. It's fun for a while. But then when you think about it, it makes you feel horrible afterwards. I have friends who have cheated on their wives and no names are going to be mentioned here, guys. Yeah. So if you're listening, you're Yeah, you're, you're fine. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're Until fine. Until now. But no. you're not going to get revealed. You're not going to get revealed, yeah. By me. And I've often heard basically what I just said. It's fun at first and then at some point it becomes a living hell. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, but then aren't these the same people that do it over and over again? Well, the fun is really fun, I guess. I don't know. They don't see... I mean, if they're telling you that in one breath and they keep on doing it again, mm-hmm. it kind of makes you wonder if they really want to change. 
I hear you. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing if you're struggling it with, with it and you know you're struggling with it. But it's another thing to not want to change. It's a struggle for you, but you don't want to change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Johnny Cash had a hard time with that. He cheated on his, his wife, and that's why they got divorced. Because he was cheating on his wife with June Carter, and they had to repent for that. And he was into drugs and alcohol, and he was a constant struggler, but he knew that he was struggling, and he worked hard to come back to the Lord as, as many times as possible. So it is, it is a, it is a possible thing for someone to do, but the ones that I don't understand is the ones that keep on continue on in their struggle, but they don't, there's no evidence of them wanting to repent for it or change. That's where I get held up to. Yeah. I just don't understand. But then there's also things like mental disorders, you know, an addiction, whether it's to sex or drugs or gambling is going to affect each individual a little bit differently. Um, here's where I come here. Here's my opinion about the whole mental disorder thing. It's one thing if you have bipolar and the side effects of bipolarism causes you to be more promiscuous, Mm -hmm. but you, you have it under control because you know what to do about it. But it's another thing when it's self-inflicted, right? Yeah. You see a bunch of porn and you get addicted to pornography and then you take it outside of that where you um, you cheat on your wife or you cheat on your girlfriend um, or you see prostitutes regularly, right? Yeah. Um, it's one thing if it's, if it's because of a disorder. It's another, it's another thing if it's a self-inflicted addiction. And that's where... When I when I hear people say addiction is a disease, I get very um, annoyed with that because a lot of these addictions are self inflicted. At least, at least, it seems that way to me. I'll tell you my take, which I might be repeating myself. <clears throat> Obviously, my dad had issues with addiction, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think that for a long time with me, I was very similar to you. And I'm not saying you're wrong because honestly, I feel very conflicted about this. Mm -hmm. But if I were to make a counter argument, I would say it's not a disease in the traditional sense. It's a mental illness. And the way it works is, and again, this is, I'm not saying I wholeheartedly believe this, Mm -hmm. but this is the best way to sum up a counter argument, I think, Mm -hmm. is that if you're never, let's say you're, uh, the way the disease manifests itself is you become an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. okay? If you're never exposed to alcohol, you're going to be fine. But if you are exposed to it, then now your brain is addicted to whatever that thing is inside alcohol. And now you become an addict to it, right? So so there might have been people in, you know, the 10th century who, if they were alive today, they would have been addicted to alcohol. But because it was never around them and their brains were never exposed to it... They were just good, outstanding citizens. Yeah. I don't know if this makes any sense. Oh, because if they never exposed to it. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's like the same way I might be allergic to something, but as long as I'm never exposed to it, it doesn't affect my life. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, like for example, um, you could keep like I could keep uh, a wine in my fridge for cooking, but never take a drink out of exactly. it. Exactly. Because I've never 
I've never really been exposed to a lot of alcohol. Mm-hmm. I never, um, I never drank it regularly. I never wanted to. Um, even if my, even if my dad kept alcohol in the, in the, um, the refrigerator wasn't something that I wanted to get into because I never exposed myself to it. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't constantly going to taverns and bars and things like that. So yeah. I get that. Or if you weren't exposed to cigarettes. Or let's take another one that's becoming more common, internet yeah. addiction, right? Mm-hmm. There are probably people who died in 1950 who never had any issues with addiction. But had they have lived a little bit later in our time, they would have been full-on internet addicts. Yeah. Well, you know what, what, what's really interesting to me? Yeah. You were exposed to cigarette smoke. I was exposed somewhat to cigarette smoke. But both of us never ended up smoking. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's very disgusting. It is. Um, but isn't it interesting that some people can be somewhat exposed to certain things but never pick it up? Mm-hmm. I find it interesting. It, it, it kind of um, is fascinating to me. And not everybody is going to be addicted to everything, right? Exactly. But there are people that do have addictive personalities. Yeah, absolutely. That will get addicted to one thing and then they move off of that and onto something else. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think about people that have severe OCD, right? Severe OCD where they can't even function and they're addicted to holding things a certain way, checking doorknobs, um, sanitizing everything, washing their hands a lot until they bleed. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yeah. Um, and there are people in my life who probably like 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 my grandma who passed away. I think she may have had a form of OCD because she wanted things clean all the time. Like extremely clean all the time. Including her grandkids. And back then, and where she grew up in the Philippines, it probably wasn't called OCD. It was probably, you know, just thought of she's being extra cautious. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She's being like, she, she's, she's being a, a clean, a very, very clean person. Yeah. Yeah. But even my grandfather, apparently he got mad at her once and said, you know, they're clean. You don't have to worry about it. You know, because she wanted all her kids clean and everything clean. He just thought she was very, she was overdoing it. Interesting. Yep. People are weird, babes. People are weird. Yeah. We are a very bizarre species. We kill each other. We love each other. We we hate each other in one minute, the next minute. Yeah. Um, we But we also have the capacity to do really cool things, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily a fan of us as a species. Meaning the human race. Like... It seems to me that every advancement we've come up with has has either been just for ourselves or to correct a problem that we've caused. Okay. Where are you getting at? I'm getting at. I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing that we as a species exist or not. I think it is. Why? Well, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I can explain it correctly but i'm sure that there's a reason why we exist and i don't think it's to um i don't think it's just to create things or just to 
love or hate each other or kill each other. I, I think there's a, a deeper meaning to why we exist. But it isn't for ourselves. You think that it's for God. Absolutely. So we exist. I don't want to take words out of your mouth. So feel free to correct me. Mostly so we can pray and worship. Um, we We exist for God's glory, I believe. Okay. But we don't always live that way. Because we are fallible, uh, we are we are we are fallible. Um, we are not infallible. We're mortals. We're we're human beings, so we're going to make mistakes because that's what we were born into. And some people don't realize that. Yeah, I don't know. I think we are worth more than what you think we're worth. Maybe. I I don't think that we're just here for nothing. We can't just be here for nothing. But if we're just here to worship God, is that really a good enough purpose? Because couldn't God just make beings that have no flaws and all they do is pray to him all day and tell well, him how great he is? I think, you're, I think you might be getting this a little bit different Go than how I see it. We were made to serve God. We were made to worship God. But the way that we do it the way that we think it's supposed to be done, um, I think we've got it all wrong. Because as we've talked about, there are other things that get in the way that be can become idols and gods. Not just in Catholicism, right? Because it goes beyond statues. It goes beyond uh, praying to saints, right? Your cooking could be your god. Mm. Your, this podcast could be your god. Um you're changing it to the Godcast. No, I'm okay. not. This, our relationship could be our God. Um, any relationship, really. Um, you know, parents' re uh, uh, relationships with their kids could take, get in the way of serving God. So anything could be an idol. Anything. Yeah. Watching TV could be an idol. Do you remember those days when we couldn't record things and we had to watch our shows? Like live. The, like live, yes. right? And people would have to to rush home just to watch their favorite show. Mm -hmm. um, in some cases, they would rather sit in front of the tube, vegetating, and nothing else. Yeah. So it goes back, and I'm sorry if I interrupted you. You do all the time. My question, if we're made to worship God, but we keep getting distracted from that, right? Mm -hmm then why wouldn't God make a creature that all they're designed to do is worship him? And there's no distractions. Well, angels, he created angels. Mm. Now, there are angels who worship God, but there are the third of the angels who went to hell with um, with Satan. When Lucifer became Satan, he took the thir a third of the angels with him. That's God's having problems with worshipers, babes. Well, most of the angels do worship him. Uh -oh. Two-thirds of them do, but a third of them are not. They're uh they're locked up in um in a pit in chains, um some of the, uh, now, um. But but yeah, there are angels that 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 simply just uh worship. God. Um, but I think that because God is being slowly taken out of our society. In general, our society doesn't know how to worship. If that makes any sense. Okay. Um, 
I don't know if I'm making any sense. Um, our uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't say society, but our 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 uh, our culture is slowly trying to get away from it. Interesting. And because there are um, there have been attempts to get away from God, now things are in the way. And as you've mentioned, a good example would be the internet. But one can make the argument that a teenager from a rough family could go online and discover the church of Jesus, right? And become a worshiper of God. That is true. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen all the time, but it is true. You could be correct correct about that thank you but um but that but that's a rarity that that would happen nice you would actually have to walk into a church for that to happen mm. 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 so i don't know i don't know what we're here for alana thinks it's the worst of god i'm not sure well maybe it's time you look into that bubs i have looked into it babes that uh, doesn't mean that i have any answers you probably were looking in the wrong places. Oh, I think I'm here to question things, babes. Like me particularly, not me as a member of the human race, if that makes any sense. Oh, okay. Um, there may be more to your to that than than just questioning things. Maybe. Also had to have a good Maybe time. you're here to be a journalist. That's possible. <laughs> journalists <laughs> question things, at least good ones. Yeah. They're, they're supposed to do that. Now, with the American media, uh, journalism, for the most part, really sucks. There are a few exceptions. But, you know, all these big companies controlling everything. Yeah. Um, who else questions things um, besides journalists uh, and reporters? Scientists. Scientists question things. Mm -hmm. but, but Artists in general. Artists question things. Sometimes, some do, not all of them, um, but some do. Yep. Uh, so I don't know. Anyway. That's interesting stuff there, little J. Wool. Little J. Wool. Yes. Okay. I don't like the divide in this country between right and left. Because I'm pretty sure I know what side is usually right. No. Now, having said that. No, having said that. At least with right-wing people, there's, on the surface, there seems to be this disdain for the system. Which also exists on the left. And I think that's a good thing. I think um, the ones that are not so far to the left, I think they're the ones that are also waking up and saying, no, this is not good. Now, how do you explain, because we talked about Neil Young. Yeah. How do you explain people on the left like Neil Young, who has written songs like, uh, keep on rocking in the free world. And then he wants to censor Joe Rogan. Right. I mean, what how do you what do you make of that? Because there are some leftists that have been lifelong leftists and even they're coming out saying, you know, something is wrong with the system. Well, the left in general, and I know it gets a little bit muddled because of specific examples, I've always seen as pro-free speech. And but Neil Young is also an older guy. Mm -hmm. He's probably had his ass kissed ever since he was like a teenager. So he believes that his way is the right way. And he's probably, yeah, maybe he's looking at things through a leftist view still, but he's also probably pretty well off financially. 
and thinks that he knows what's best for the country and didn't think that he was going to get the backlash that he did. Well, now Berkeley is now becoming a place where free speech isn't allowed anymore because that was the center um, behind free speech. What's been going on with Berkeley? Well, it just seems like places like Berkeley, and is it just Berkeley, are, are censoring people if they're giving their views on um on politics that they don't like uh i think that's wrong but you could also look at things on the right that are happening with censorship like in florida a lot of school districts now are being told not to teach about slavery right and books are being banned about slavery there's a case in idaho of a teacher who won teacher of the year last year and she uh, was basically fired. And the reason was because it wasn't that she was teaching about uh, gay culture in her classroom, but her Facebook photo had a pride flag in it. Are you sure yep. about and the so, one in Florida, though? Yeah, that's what I've heard, is that a lot of schools now are not teaching about slavery there. So it happens on both sides. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Yes, there is slavery. Of course, we know that there is slavery in pretty much every country, not just ours. Mm-hmm. It just seems like to me, and, I'm, and and every time I hear about American slavery, it's always the blacks against the whites. Or I'm sorry, the whites against the blacks, but they never talk about the blacks who own blacks too. Um, they also don't talk about, and I'm not talking about specific schools. I'm okay. just talking about like the ones that want to make it one-sided. They never talk about blacks who own black people. They never talk about blacks who own white people. Um, in fact, I've heard about a man named um, Anthony Johnson who both had a black and a white slave. So it, it, if you're going to talk about slavery, you also have to include about, you know, the Japanese wanting to take over the Philippines or uh, what? Can I contextualize this a little bit? No. Because because you don't you don't get to interrupt me this time. Okay, but I will respond. But what I'm saying is, I think there is, um, a part of it where a part of it where people are um are not discussing teachers are not discussing the full extent of slavery, not just whites and blacks, but um. But Japanese and Filipinos, uh, Japanese and Americans, um, other Asians against other Asians. Um, and then you also have, uh, of course, you've got the Holocaust, the, the Germans against the Jews. It's it's and 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 they also have to now consider child sex trafficking and human trafficking in general. That is a form of slavery. OK, there's a bunch of stuff to break down here. First of all, when I was a kid, we were taught about black slave owners. Now, we weren't given specific names, and we we were taught that it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Having said that, the vast majority of slaveholders in this country were white. And part of the reason for that was just the economic access you would have as a white person, right? And a white person couldn't be a slave in this country. What I think you're conflating it with is um, servitude, right? There's this thing called, uh, I hope I'm getting the term right. It, it was, um, and the way it would work is you would agree to work for somebody for a certain amount of time. So let's say I'm in Britain, right? And I'm a white dude and I want to come to the U.S. for whatever reason. I could tell somebody 
that I want to come to the U.S. and I, I don't have the money. And they could say, okay, well, you're going to be my servant for seven years. And in exchange, I'll pay for your way to come to this country. Now, you could make the argument that that's slavery by another name. Mm-hmm. And I think in a lot of it's cases. It's an indentured servant, right? Yeah, indentured servitude. That's yeah. the term I was Indur- thinking of. Indentured, being an indentured servant. Yeah. And I think in a lot of cases, that's a valid argument. But it, it technically doesn't fall under the realm of slavery. Um but again, I, I could see an argument for that. But there uh, were but there were slave owners that didn't treat their slaves as badly as other slaves were treated too. Right, but that's a matter of comparison, right? So that's like saying I'm in a you're in a bad relationship, I take all your money and I tell you what a horrible person you are every day, but at least I don't beat you because you know somebody else who is in the kind of a similar situation, except they get beaten. No, that's not what I mean. I know that's not what you, but I'm trying to pull an example, right? Because you might not be treated as badly as other people got treated, but that doesn't mean you're getting treated like a human being because you're still owned by somebody as an adult. You could still be sold, Right. No, I understand that. Okay, but I'm saying that there there have been um, there have been slave masters that were not um, treating their slaves unfairly, and they were just working for them. But I have I no, ah, I have to push back. I have to push back. You interrupted me. No, but I have to push back against something you just said. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not advocating for slavery by any means. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that there are different scenarios that have happened to um, to slaves. Okay. You're saying there were slave owners who treated the workers fairly. That's not true because why wouldn't they be free? I. Oh, what? Bubs. What? I was trying to explain it. Then explain it. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> explain it. I, all right. I want okay. you. All right. Explain to me how somebody could be treated fairly if they're no, not no, a free No, no, no. What person. I mean is, I, what I mean is they're not. Okay. I don't know. I am not by any means saying that I know what goes on during slavery, but I I I heard that there were there were masters that had them work for them, but they weren't they weren't abusing them like other slaves were. I don't know. I I I thought I heard something somewhere about that, but oh. it, I'm not at all advocating to own a slave or anything like that. But see, here's the issue. The fact that you can't define it is a little bit concerning. And I'm not saying that there weren't different treatments and some slaves didn't get treated better than others. But I am saying it wasn't a fair, equal playing field. And so to present it... But we're getting off topic here. We're, we're talking about types of slavery here and we're getting off topic. Here. Yeah, and I wanted to go on to other things, but we, we go on tangents sometimes. I know, but but but... but we're getting off topic. You're not liking it because I'm just proving your point. No. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'll get it. All right, babes. I get it. So let's move on to your other issues about um, world. What do you do? I'm fixing, fixing the pillow. You get very triggered very easily. Do I? Yes. I don't think the word is triggered. <laughs> it's called frustration. <laughs> because I, I make you think. No. No. I'm going to tickle you, Buff. Make you stop. I said my piece. That's enough. Oh, you're going to make fun of me now? Is that what you're doing? Buff. 
I said my piece. Let's move on now. Bubs. All right, give me a kiss. No. All right, then I'm going to keep talking. All right, give me a kiss. Just kiss me normally. Have you ever thought, babes? What? Of after you make a point, just letting me finish making my point. I do that sometimes. Sometimes. But have you ever thought about doing it on a more consistent basis? No. Why not? It's Seriously, fun. why not? Because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> but <laughs> would A-Bubs, it... that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of our shtick, isn't it? Okay. So it'll be fun if I start tickling you when you're making a point that I don't Just make. remember that I have to tickle, tickle you back. All right. Well, I will remember that. <laughs> Um, Just remember that I'm not going to sit here and take it. You made a lot of points, though, on mm -hmm. the last thing about why don't they teach about, was it Japanese people? Yeah, like the, the Japanese um, wanted to um, use a Filipino woman yeah. for um, servicemen. And that's a valid point. That's more world history. And I would mm -hmm. also make an argument, why don't we teach more about Japanese internment camps in this country? Right. And, and, and also, um, you know, I, I kind of find, and, and, and this is just my opinion yeah. that when you, when you take an African American studies class now, I'm not saying that this is for all the class, but it, it seems to, um, make it sound like, um, how should I, how should I word this? It, how should I say this? It's kind of like, like, um, like there's this like anti-white people movement going on because of these classes. Um, or that, uh, I remember when I was a student at a community college here that I don't need to name right now, but I think you know. Oh, I thought we were doing the thing where I could tickle you when you were well, tickling me back. Oh, I knew, but you were already tickling me when I made points. <laughs> Do you want me to let you make your point, but then I'm going to respond? Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so, um, there there seems to be this anti-white movement. I'm a minority, so I can't be racist type of a narrative you know what i mean okay i hear what you're saying and my counter argument to be would be to that is is that every african-american studies classes or is that a few that are basically magnified in the media because it keeps people divided also i would ask mm -hmm. is that your personal experience taking African-American studies classes, or is that what you've heard in the news? And uh, I would say a lot of this too could be because things have been swept under the rug in an unfair way in this country. So it's like the media, at least up until recently, has said consistently, well, black people need to get over slavery, but yet they haven't been in favor, again, until recently, of taking down monuments of slaveholders. So it's a little bit inconsistent to say this group of people needs to get over slavery and we need to keep the statues of their oppressors up. Well, well, first off, let me let me just counter argue with that. Go ahead. Because as I've told you before, those statues, um, and maybe you don't want to see them in parks, but they as I've said, I mean, if they were made in if they were put into museums, that might be a good thing. Mm -hmm. 
but to just get rid of them when it's a part of our history because you know people are trying to get rid of our american history even though yes we've had a sordid past uh, past with slavery but it 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 just seems like they want to be stuck there and they don't want to talk about the greatness that our country has produced even if we did have a sordid past and in case they forgot Slavery has been happening in other countries, too. So why not get rid of their monuments? Right, but we don't live in other countries, one. I, I understand that and stop interrupting Ah, oh, you stopped. You stopped. You, you took I a pause. I wasn't finished yet. <laughs> I can't know that if you take a pause. Well, I wasn't. All right, then keep going. Let's see. Can, can we have an open communication where you say, hey, can I please continue? I haven't finished my point. But you just stopped. You just started talking. When you took a pause. Well, I wasn't finished All yet. right, well, I didn't know that, babe. Okay, keep talking. okay, well, you don't just talk and not ask. <laughs> anyway. It's like, and yeah, yeah, you happen. Well, I think I will you be. Yeah, we're both. Both. All right, keep going, keep going, babe. This is going to be a fun episode for your friend there, bub. <laughs> Anywho, he seems to like it anyway. Um. Okay, okay, let me, let me just calm down a second. Okay, so... My th my thing is, is that, yes, we don't live in other countries. Yeah. But getting rid of our monuments is not going to erase our entire history. Um, it's still going to be a part of our history. I don't think that taking down monuments is going to solve anything. I think we should have an open discussion about things that happened in our past. But also remember that there are other examples of slavery that has happened in other countries that are a lot worse than what happened here. Um, but I, and, and, and also to the whole reparations thing, they're expecting the white people of today that never committed these grievances against black people to pay them reparations for however long there is not enough reparations that could be paid off to pay off what happened to their ancestors. Not enough money will fix that problem. Okay. I'm going to respond now. Reparation, it's too big for me to get into. That's a very complicated thing. So let's concentrate on the monuments and what you said about other countries. Yes, it's true that other countries have had issues with slavery, and some of them still do. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't excuse our past. Um and since we live here in America, we should concentrate mostly, not completely, but mostly on what's happened in this country. Now, as far as monuments go, um, I think that they should be in museums. But the issue is people didn't break into museums and take down these monuments. People took them down when they were in national parks and when they were in front of uh, state buildings. And when you do the research, a lot of these um, statues were put up in like 2009. Like, a lot of them are really old, but some of them are from the 2000s. People are still putting up statues of slave owners. Yeah, but that's a part of history. And I think instead of taking those things down, talk about why it's a part of our history. And and it seems like the people that want them down are afraid of our history. They, but, don't, they don't want to know about it. But, my dear, that's why they should be in museums and not in front of a Capitol building. Well, hey, if you're for free speech, why not? Why not have um statues in front of the Capitol building? In in, in fact, uh, 
if if you're for free speech, then uh, why shouldn't the Ten Commandments be in uh, courthouses? Because there's a separation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you want me to answer? Um, I can answer that question for you, babes. Well, first off, the separation of church and state is actually being mis mis um, misused. That means that the government can't get into the affairs of churches, not the other way around where churches are getting into the affairs of the government. The government has been taking over what the churches want to do, and so the churches don't have free speech. I think that's a more complicated issue. It is not that complicated. But let me get into the free speech things. Why can't we have statues of slave owners at Capitol buildings? Well, okay, but I thought we wanted state capitals, and we're using them as an example. There's other buildings and parks, too. And parks to be places that are open to the public to where you can go there without feeling offended. And obviously things are going to go on that you may not always agree with, but in general, you don't go in there with a sense of, I have to look at a statue of a horrible That's person. That's why you talk to kids, uh, kids um, specifically about why this is important in our history, why we should talk about it, why we shouldn't hate the country for it. It's a part of our past and we have to learn from it. Just like just like Huckleberry Finn, the book Huckleberry Finn, where they wanted to water it down to where they don't mention the N-word in the book. I don't like it, but that's a part of our history. Right. It's a teachable moment for children. They need to know they, they should know this stuff so that they 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 know more more about our past and, and they're not afraid of it. So do you think then by that logic that we should have statues of Stalin and Hitler and Mao at our national parks because we fought them and won? I guess I'm, I'm talking I'm talking about our country and specifically I'm not talking about Germany. Right, but who fought and won against Germany? We did. Right. So why not have a statue of Hitler in a Hitler memorial to memorialize the well, fact well, that Well, there is them? no there is no statue of Hitler. I'm talking about what's going on here. Okay, so uh, would you be in favor in Oklahoma of putting up a statue of Tim McVeigh? Uh, no, because he didn't do anything uh, to help our country. He just bombed a, a yeah, but he it bombed a place. But it was historically very important, right? So it would be a way to help teach kids about history. Well, no, because he was he he did something horrible. Now, <clears throat> that's not the same as that's not the same as like somebody in Congress or <coughs> excuse me that's or okay. <clears throat> something in my throat. Oh, <clears throat> don't worry, I'm not sick. Okay. Or uh, somebody that has contributed to our country, or anything like that. I'm not talking about you know murders. I don't think there should be like a statue of Jeffrey Dahmer or something. Presumably a lot of slave owners were murderers though. And I think that's a very safe assumption. But I'm talking about how, um, what happened in the founding of our country, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think that needs to be, that needs to um, be talked about. But why do we need to use state parks um, as places to teach about that? Why can't that be a museum discussion? That could be a museum discussion. See, I'm not saying that that shouldn't be a museum discussion at all. Yeah. I, 
that's why I think these statues, if you're going to have them, they belong in a museum. They don't belong at state parks. They and you, okay, you could use the freedom of speech thing, and I think there's a value, a valid argument to be had there. But then, if we're going to use the freedom of speech thing, somebody could come along and say, okay, let's have um, statues of the 9/11 hijackers. If we're going to go the freedom of speech route, no, but that that's 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 different though. Okay, that's different because. Slavery happened during the founding of our country. Um, it, it, it happened in the, in the midst of all of it. But these, these murderers, the, 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 the people who um, bombed the two towers, yeah. they shouldn't be, um, they need to be vilified. They shouldn't be honored. I mean, th- th- there's a, I think there's a big difference there. I could make the argument that if you're a slave owner, you should be vilified. Or at least not be, okay, so maybe you could look at somebody like Thomas Jefferson. Okay, he's more than a slave owner. He was a founding father. And at the same time, he was a slave owner. So the compromise is to have his monument in national museums where you can add a little bit more context to who he was. Yeah, I don't know about Uh-oh. I love you, babes. Okay. I hope I gave you something to think about, but I probably didn't. Oh, my goodness. You did. But it doesn't mean I agree with you. (laughs) And also, slavery happened um, for, like, the first 80 years of our country's existence. So, it's not like it stopped the week after we became the United States. I don't think it did. I I know, but you said it was the founding of our country. During it. Right. I didn't I didn't say how long after that. I said during it. Okay, that's fair. During But but during our country that happened and during our country nine eleven happened. I understand that, but Bubs, let's let's talk about other stuff. Oh Bob, you're moving your argument. Bubs! (laughs) No, you are making fun of me. No, give me a kiss. No. Why not? I don't want to. Oh, no snacks for you. What? No snacks for me. No. All the snacks for me. Oh. We got talking about this because of censorship on the right that I was talking about. Because you were bringing up some points of censorship on the left. And my constant argument has been it does happen on both sides. Um, and it's disingenuous when people try to pretend that it's only one side that does it. I want to get your take on something. Oh, That's boy. away from censorship, but this oh. might cause some <laughs> questions. What? Okay. Yeah. There's a video going around the internet by somebody from a more perfect union. What is that? It's a site. It's like a media thing. They generally tend to lean a little bit more liberal. Oh. But the video is of this guy interviewing Trump supporters. And he doesn't just go for the crazy ones you know, who are at every rally. He tries to ask normal people why they're supported Trump. And there's one guy who said, I used to work for Halliburton. They were a horrible company. They wouldn't give us any real time off. And other people saying that they they see the appeal of Bernie Sanders and that they've been screwed over by big corporations. Now, left-wing media has said, well, this is a good thing. This is, and not entirely, right? Because it's not a monolith, said, but a lot of them have said this is a good thing. It shows that whether you're left or right, you disagree with the big power structure that we have in this country. Uh-huh. 
Um, which sounds good, but then I would ask, okay, people voted for Trump in 2016, mm-hmm. but they're going to vote for Trump in 2024. But what did he really accomplish when he got into office as far as reducing the power of big corporations? Because um, you look at things like his tax cut, which benefited 83% of those cuts went to the top 1%. Of well, one of the things that he was trying to do was remember the um, Cary Air Conditioner Company? Yes. He was trying to get more jobs in the USA um, because a lot of these jobs were going to Mexico. And he wanted more He wanted more jobs um, here in our country that said made in the USA on the label. Um, that's one of the things that he wanted to do to um, make our country more um, independent. Um and I don't know about this whole uh, thing about taxes. I, I can't really respond to that one because I don't know how I don't know how that actually works. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I, you know, he he was the kind of guy, and he still is the kind of guy that is rooting for a person who seems forgotten in this country, like the blue collar workers. Um, vets, um, good police officers, um, people that just want to provide for their families, um, people that are struggling and, and want to be more employed, um, and, um, you know, various ethnic groups that have had a history of, um, very high unemployment. So, you're probably hearing interviews from people that were either former Democrats or um, people that are into um, maybe blue collar or gotten into blue collar work or um, they're basically the working class, the working middle class. Yeah. And I guess the question I would have is what did, I know he wanted the air conditioning jobs to say here, but they ultimately didn't. But what did Trump do in office to reduce the power of big corporations? Because that's the thing that a lot of Republicans are saying now. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of evidence that he did anything. Which I didn't think there was, but I'm on the left. so I, I think that there has been significant... Um, and a lot of these things he wanted to do, but he has also been blocked from doing it as well. I mean, he wanted... Um, he wanted to get us out of the... Uh, he, he got us out of the Paris Climate Accord which um, would have saved us a lot of money and Biden got us back into it. Um, He was moving, um, he wanted to move carry air conditioning uh, to our country and and in order to get more jobs into our country. Um, He wanted to improve the infrastructure. Um, I honestly think you should look into it because I'm telling you, you listen to any of his his full-on press conferences, you listen to any of his speeches, you're going to find out a lot about what he's been thinking, what he wants to implement. And um, you're not going to get that if you keep on hearing just little snippets. I hear you, but I would say there was a time when he was the most powerful man in this country. He Not only was he the president, he had the people behind it. He had um, a lot of politicians behind him, and it doesn't seem like he used that power. Oh, I think he should look into it. To curtail the effects of big corporations, it seems the opposite. 
I think you should look into it. Okay. Maybe you should look into it too. I think you should look into it. You're the one who has more questions. Right. But if Republicans are trying to rebrand themselves as anti-big corporations, wouldn't it be good if they had some examples to go to of when they actually well, you're assuming bought that, them? You're assuming that there were no examples. The, then but, tell me some. Well, he was he was instrumental in in um um creating jobs and the um the jobs the job rate of black unemployment was actually at a low in the last twelve years. It was at a, like at a twelve year low when when he was still living in the White House. Did those jobs pay a living wage? I know maybe not all of them, but in I, general. I, 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 I can't answer that. Okay. I really can't answer that, how much those jobs costed. But he, he was responsible for um, getting more jobs um, into our country. And the economy was booming. And you didn't have, like, extra fees when you would go to the grocery store. A lot of that, and you're not going to like this, is related to Barack Obama because it takes several, several years after a president leaves office for their full but economic... Barack Obama, the employment level under Barack Obama was still very high. And he and President Trump was trying to reverse it, trying to move jobs over from other countries to this country, um, um, getting more... Um, employment opportunities for low-income people i mean i honestly think you should look into this i don't okay. think it has anything to do with barack obama because cool. the even the employment rate under barack obama was really bad but barack obama also had the misfortune of coming after bush who did a lot to ruin our economy too so um and there's obviously we could point to the 2008 recession which both bush and clinton were really responsible for um all right, one last question before we move off of Trump. Did he ever talk about raising the minimum wage? Um, I think, I don't remember if he did that or not. Mm. I can't answer that right now. Okay. Um, I know that there are people that are were proponents. Um, I'm, I'm talking about um, people on the left were proponents for raising it, but I don't understand how that works, honestly. Like, why would it be um, a good idea to raise it um, I heard that it wasn't a good idea, but I don't remember why. I don't understand why. Well, because people need more money because they're struggling. You know what I, I saw the other day, babes? Mm -hmm. Apparently back in the 1950s, you could get a house for, I think it was $7,000. Now, I, and then somebody said, okay, well, let's look at that when it comes to inflation. What is that in today's dollars? And obviously it's more, but it's like 90 grand. You could get wow. a house for 90 grand back mm -hmm. in the 1950s, mm -hmm. you know, adjusted for inflation. Yeah. But today, 90 grand, maybe in Detroit, a dilapidated house will cost you 90 grand. 90 so grand. Wow. I guess the point of the story is people's ability to afford things haven't kept up with the times and a lot of that is because the salaries haven't been adjusted and big corporations haven't been held to task by our government well i wonder here's what i wonder because back in the 70s the economy was very different yeah right like in the mary tyler moore show um mary's dad asks her well how much are you paying for that like a hundred something yeah 135 a month and that is pretty cheap today. Mm -hmm. Getting an apartment for 135 a month, you're golden. Yeah. 
I mean, you're really golden. <laughs> so I wonder how it would, I wonder how, how, an, how expensive an apartment would be back then compared to now. Cause 634 for a studio is ridiculous, expen ridiculously expensive. And I was paying that, you know, 19 years ago. Yeah. In Seattle. Yeah? So I Googled based on watching the Mary Tyler Moore, not last night, but a couple of weeks ago, yep. what was the average salary in 1970? Mm -hmm. And it was like something $9,000 a year. Wow. So I know it's not exactly the same thing because the fifties is a little bit different. Yep. But let's say co uh house costs 7000 a year. Mm -hmm. And let's say the average worker, because it's the 50s and not the 70s, made five grand a year. Mm -hmm. They could pay off that house, presumably, in a couple of years. Let's say five years. Mm -hmm. They had some kids. Mm -hmm. um, now we have 30-year mortgages, right? Mm -hmm. And also back in the 50s, one parent could work and... The other one could stay at home and have one or two kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe that's a little bit exaggerated, but not by too much. Mm -hmm. Now, people without kids, for the most part, have to have two jobs just to make it. Yeah, um, unless the husband is making enough to provide for the whole family and the wife can be um, a stay-at-home housewife. Yeah, we've really let, let things go out of control with our class system. In this country. Our class system? Yeah. Because the rich have all the money. And they're taking more and more every day. And one of the ways they fool us is by telling us that one day you too could be rich. Right? You could get out of this. So why would you want to tax those rich people if one day you're going to be one of them? It's possible. Right. But it's possible, but it becomes less likely. And that's a trick they use to fool us to get a, to get people to pay less taxes and take more programs away from folks who need it. Oh, boy. OK, let's move on. And I'm not just talking. Let's move on. What? Let's move on. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to turn into another tangent. Well, no, I'm not just talking about like welfare. I'm not just talking about food stamps, but I'm also talking about things like how the education system has reduced in quality in this country, right? Mm -hmm. How healthcare has gone to shit in this country. Um, <laughs> you just tap me because you don't like the S word. Uh, yeah. So we need to do something to rein in big corporations. I don't think Trump or Biden is going to do anything about it. I don't know. I know Biden for sure isn't going to do anything about it. I think Trump might. I really do. Well, I mean, he ran a big corporation. Ah, oh, what? Did he? Oh, okay, I guess I'm wrong. He didn't. Uh, he, he didn't run a big corporation. Which one was that? Uh, I thought he owned a construction business, a real estate empire. Oh, yeah, a real estate empire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I have a corporation, Bob. I think I think I employ people and a lot of them. I want to call you a corporation, Bob. Bob. <laughs> All right, you're pushing me out the bed. Oh, okay, good. Move over here, then. Oh, you keep <laughs> tickling me for no reason. It's fun. Do you think... And what? I think you tickle me way too much because you get triggered. And I'm wondering if, hold on, <laughs> it's not always fun for me. 
If maybe next week we could try doing some episodes where you don't tickle me. I don't know if I can. <laughs> what do you find so triggering about me? <laughs> what? What do you find so triggering? I, I think the word is frustrating. That's okay. what it is. Triggering almost makes it sound like I have like severe PTSD or something. Yes. And I honestly think trigger, the word trigger is used um, so often as a buzzword now. Mm. Um... I don't know, sometimes you say some off-the-wall stuff. Oh. You do. But you do, too. Mm. I don't know. You're kind of nutty. Uh, well, I can make the same argument about you. Mm. I could. Really? Yeah. No, I think I'm the voice of reason. You just haven't realized it. Well, maybe this is a sign that you're dealing with some narcissistic tendencies. What? Maybe. I said maybe. Narcissistic. I didn't say, I didn't say for sure. I didn't say narcissistic. I didn't say it was locked in stone. You were saying I'm a narcissist. No, I said maybe this is a sign. Maybe that, that I'm dealing with the narcissist. That you're no, that you're no, the, the, no, the, no the, that I'm dealing with the narcissist. You're getting, you're getting triggered and you're twisting my words around, my dear. Mm. What I said, maybe this is a sign that you're dealing with some narcissistic tendencies. If you can't let other viewpoints be heard. No, I can let other viewpoints be heard. I just don't like them sometimes. Oh. I just don't agree with them. Hey, if I if I didn't want you to say any of your viewpoints, yes. I wouldn't even allow it in this podcast. That's true. But uh, I don't. I try not to tickle you when you make points that I disagree with. Oh, it's just it's just something fun, Bubs. Okay, well then I'm gonna start doing the same. Okay, just remember I tickle back. I know, and, but you already way, tickle back. And by the way. You just, you, you have started this tickling thing a long time ago. Oh, well, that was an over You created a monster. I know, I know. <laughs> Babes, hmm? we said a lot. Well, we, we got to talk about some of the, did we talk about the Mary Tyler Moore stuff we saw yesterday? No. Yeah, we should get in, we should get to that. Talk about it. <laughs> um, we're not going to name everyone episode, every episode that we saw because we saw. We watched three. We watched three? Yeah. I thought it was more than that. Okay. We did watch three. Um, <laughs> what was the ones that stood out for you? Was it yesterday where we watched the one with um, your girl, Bess, and her boyfriend? Yeah. We, the first one was the one where she, um, her, 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 um, she had dinner with her dad by herself. Mary did. The second one was the one with uh, Bess and her boyfriend who, um, was falling in love with Mary. Yep. And the third <laughs> one was when Lou goes to the hospital. <laughs> and becomes friendly with Ted. Yeah. I really like the best one. Yes, yeah, it was hilarious. And I know I keep comparing the Mary Tyler Moore shows to 80s and 90s sitcoms, but... You can't do that. It, this is what I do. Oh. If this show was made 15 years later, mm -hmm. when Bess found out that her man was attracted to Mary, she would have became jealous of Mary. Yeah. But instead, she's like, she's not into you. You're a kid. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Like, Aunt Mary doesn't like you. You're just a kid. Yeah. And I'm going to tell your mother. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and 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 Phyllis is like, okay, well, you have no curfew. You can come home, you know, um, and Lars and I won't mind. But but I'm going to be at the parking lot at 945. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, be ready to go by 945. Exactly. Yes. 
But she just thought that, you know, William was just the cutest thing um, ever and that they were just cute together and stuff. Oh, that was kind of funny. Yeah, Mary, uh, this dude has a crush on her, the kid William. Yeah. And he goes to her office. I like when Lou calls the William into his office and chews him out because he thinks he's the mail delivery guy. Yeah. And then when he sees the mail guy, he calls uh, William aside and he's like, kid, I said some stuff in there. that um, Here's, here's a buck. buck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny because he was just following her, just ignoring everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, he breaks up with Bez and he's like, I told her about us. (laughs) And the funniest scene was when he takes her to this like really fancy restaurant, which I'm not sure how he was able to do that, but he took her to this very fancy restaurant and she's explaining, you know, you're a little boy. I'm a grown up lady and grown up ladies don't date little boys. And he's like, and she's like, okay, now sit up straight and eat your lunch. (laughs) It's delicious. That was a really good episode. (laughs) And then he goes, Mary, it was great going with you. And she's like, yeah, it was too. <laughs> she's kind of humoring him. It yes. was just really funny. Yes. Um, and you like the, and, and talk about the one where Lou goes to the hospital. Lou wants everybody to think that he's going on vacation. But Mary answers the phone from the hospital and puts it together that he's going to have some uh, shrapnel removed from his ass. So... It gets around the office because Mary tells Murray, Ted overhears it and lets everybody else in on the thing. Mm-hmm. They go to visit him. Ted stays. Ted comes back with a nice bottle of scotch mm-hmm. and explains to Lou that Lou is his best friend. And Ted and Lou is shocked by this mm-hmm. because he's always yelling at Ted. And, and Ted's like, well, you yell, you yell at the uh, anchorman, uh, Ted Baxter. I'm the man, Ted Baxter. Something like that. <laughs> They share some scotch. Lou comes back from the hospital, takes control of the WJM newsroom. Mm -hmm. And he basically tells Mary and Murray, you know, we got to stop using Ted as a scapegoat for all of our mistakes. Yeah. Gets a call that there's a fire right across the street from the newsroom. So they go, they get footage of this. Somebody walks in and... Ted pulls a piece of paper and says, mm-hmm. we have a, a news bulletin here, but that can wait. And he gives a tribute to Lou Grant. Lou is pissed at this, calls Ted into the, his office and says, wait here. And then he goes home and closes the building for the night. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I liked it a yeah. lot. Yeah. My only slight concern is I thought Murray was a little bit too critical when Mary is given control of the newsroom. Yeah. 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 But besides for that, I thought it was a good episode. I also thought the first one that we saw where Mary um, spends time with her mom where she goes like like this. She's rubbing her face in her shoulder. <laughs> she does it every time she hugs her mom. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And, and so um, the mom stays at the, at the apartment and the dad has a dinner with Marianne is at her house by herself because the mom goes out with Rhoda. The the mom goes out with Rhoda and she's trying to kind of get him out of the house and doing stuff and you know tries to go to dinner with with him and Lou and it just lunch. Oh, I'm sorry, lunch. I'm sorry. That's okay. Lunch. 
and you know tries to have him make friends with Lou because yeah. he's retired and doesn't know what to do. He goes to dinner to her house and you know she's giving him you know guacamole and other stuff which is really good and he's having a heart to heart with her and she cuts herself when she's I think she's cutting vegetables right yeah and she's like oh let me let me get that and so she he bandages her finger up and she says she says daddy you just bandaged your wrong finger <laughs> and she's trying to have a, a conversation with her dad I thought that was a funny scene though. they played that scene in the documentary we watched a few months ago being Mary Tyler Moore yep yeah yep that's a pretty good episode yes they were all really good yes yeah I like the one with the little kid the best and then probably yes. the one where Lou goes into the hospital if I were yes. to rank them the one, and then the, um, I forgot to mention the last scene in the best episode where she's with a, a guy that's, I think he is. A guy. He's like 10 or something. He's like 10 or something. And he's younger than, I think he might be younger than William. Yeah. And she's like, hey, Aunt Mary, he didn't notice anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> the best episodes are great. Yeah. And I like when, um. Phyllis comes over to the house in the best episode the second time, and she's like, "Oh, you're Bess's competition." Yeah, it's like I am not her rival. <laughs> her, her, her rival. That's hilarious. Yeah. And then she was talking about how she had a rival, and she went and dressed up and took her corsage with her to the movies, and then she went back to her house and cried herself to sleep, and she's like, "Oh well, I I gotta be going now." <laughs> I think she's gonna cry, and she like she gave this like like dramatic heartfelt thing, heartfelt thing. I thought she's gonna cry. <laughs> she's so weird, Phyllis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then Alana needed a nap. Yeah, a couple of them. Yeah, I was tired. Yes, and she let me. Me. Oh, the other thing we forgot to mention was mm-hmm. I got to figure out what's going on with the thumb drive because apparently it works fine in your computer. We oh. tested this before watching the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah, so I, um, what I did was I took an audio file from my, um, one of my hard drives and I copied it to my documents folder and then I copied that onto your, the newest thumb drive that I got you for our anniversary. Yes. And I said, yep, it copied. And it copied quickly. So I got to, I'm going to do some research this week. Yeah. Yes. But after your nap, mm-hmm. we started work on dinner. You originally wanted to make rice in your rice cooker. But I'm actually glad that I didn't do that because it was getting late. It was like, I think close to four. Yeah. When we started. And I said, okay, why don't we just do that on the, 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 um, the stovetop and I'm going to grade and cut an onion up and um i'm also going to thaw out the um the cauliflower florets and so we did that and it took us about an hour to get dinner start uh, uh finished it was good though the chicken tiki really masala was on point the rice was super good yes i think the rice was like one of the stars of the show i would agree yeah it was really good we used all the coconut milk the crushed tomatoes were really good in mm-hmm. the sauce. Um, the yogurt, too. I mean, everything was just delicious. I would agree, babes. 
every week. Good stuff. And after I'll uh, have it for lunch. Yes. After dinner, we sit down to watch Faces. Yep. And let me let me give you an over give everybody an overview of Faces. I thought it was a weird movie. Um so they go to a bunch of people go to this business. It's like a like a, a restaurant, right? It turns out it's a movie studio. Okay. And they start watching this movie called Faces. And it starts off with with these two guys going to this woman's house. His name is Jeannie, and she's a prostitute. Played by Jenna Rollins. Yes. A young Jenna Rollins. <laughs> Younger. Because if you made that movie today, ain't no guy coming over. <laughs> she old. She's like in her 90s. Yep. Yeah. I think she died, right? Did she? I don't know. She might have died recently. Let's ask. Alexa, is Jenna Rowland still alive? Oh, oh my that goodness. can mean anybody because she's just like, yes, she is still alive. Jenna Rowland. Anyway. Anyways. So she's a hooker and they're kind of, they're all of them are drunk. Uh, she's drunk. This guy Dickie is drunk and so is Freddy. And Freddy is one of these guys who goes on these weird tirades and um well so does Dickie, but Freddy does it a lot. Goes on these weird tirades and um they they do this for a while and it it kind of takes a minute to get into it. Yeah. And then Fred and then Dickie goes home to see his wife Maria. And I think they're both drunk, aren't they? That's the impression I got. Yeah. Like, she's talking on the phone to Louise. She finds out that Freddie, her husband, has been cheating on Louise. And something happens to where they go upstairs. They're in bed. They're laughing at, at stuff. And they're, you know, carrying on. And then all of a sudden he goes, he tells her that he wants a divorce. And at this point, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes of their marriage. Go on, please. He then goes downstairs, calls General and says, I'm coming back over, yeah. leaves the house. And by the time he gets there, General Rollins, I guess her housemate is at the house too mm -hmm. with another guy. Mm -hmm. They start joking around. The other guy and General Roland's friend eventually leave. So it's just Jeannie and Dickie. Mm -hmm. Then we go back to the wife whose name is... Maria. Maria, who called up her friends, went to a club, and met a guy. And then traveled back to Maria's place. Yep. Do you want to pick and it up? And she's about to have sex with this guy. And I'm guessing this may have been the first time she's cheating on her husband. Well, she tells him that she has to change... She takes a bunch of pills and tries to kill herself. Mm -hmm. The guy finds her, calls, I think it's like the search and rescue line or whatever, um, to to um, help him wake her up. May, then, may I interrupt you for a second? What? They have sex because the pills take a little while. Oh. The impression I get is they fall asleep. He wakes up the next morning and she's unconscious. Oh. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, so she call he calls the rescue people to come and help him wake her up. Well, meanwhile, it's getting hard for him to lift her up. 
He lifts her up, puts her in the shower, tries to get her to drink something. I'm, I don't know if it's alcohol or water. I think it's coffee. The coffee. She won't drink it, but eventually she coughs up whatever she's got in her system and starts to wake up. Um, her husband comes back. The one guy leaves and uh, jumps off of the, or um, I think he get he he jumps off of the fence, right? Something like that. Yeah, I think off of the roof, but I, it's hard to tell. And uh, he finds out that she's been seeing somebody else, and he's upset with that. But he's also been seeing um, Jeannie. Yeah, and she just met. She just met this guy last night. Yeah, they share some cigarettes. And they're both kind of on the staircase. She walks off and the movie ends. Yeah. Yeah. This is a weird movie. It's not the best film ever made. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. Mm -hmm. That said, I did enjoy it. I thought it was good. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You got to be in a particular type of mood to watch it. But I would give it a strong seven. And I would give it a week seven just because I didn't really like it as much as you did. Mm. I'm not saying there weren't good things to it, but I don't know. It's not something I'd watch again. I don't know if we needed the stuff at the beginning with the movie executives. Yeah, just it, and they, you never see them again. Yeah, like we were watching throughout the end credits because I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're going to go back to them, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. But... I I thought these characters were interesting. Yeah. And it's a snapshot of a different time. So we're watching Dick, who's an executive, somebody yeah. who's very successful, yeah. but whose marriage is falling apart. And uh, Freddie. Yeah. And this is in the 1960s, where I don't think you would see that type of stuff in most movies. No. No. And Freddie, who has been cheating on his wife multiple times, is not a good father. Right. Yeah. And you see a lot of laughing in this movie. You do. Now, granted, it's fueled by alcohol and yeah. maybe some drugs, but yeah. they're still enjoying themselves. It yeah. seems like. But in the beginning, I was just like, when are they going to stop this? <laughs> like, the scene is going on way too I thought that scene went on too long, to tell you the truth. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where they like, first go back to Jeannie's place. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I don't understand this scene. Mm. And then, and then Freddy goes on a tirade. So. Nice, nice. Yeah. I'm assuming that you would not recommend this to your family. Uh, no. No. That's fair. Like you said, I mean, you have to be in a particular mood to do that. Right. To watch it. Yes. And we were going to see uh, a woman, a woman under, under the, the influence, influence but we're, it was going to be too. It was going to be long. We're going to watch that next weekend. We're also going to watch The Town. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Red Shoes. The Red Shoes. And we're going to pick something else out. A Natalie Wood uh, thing. Maybe. Natalie Wood thing. But before we could watch the second movie, Alana's phone was ringing off the hook. I thought maybe a relative died. It was It was my mom. It was her mom. Who just wanted to say hi. Hi. <laughs> but it took her a half hour. She's like, hi. more than that okay good <laughs> that would be funny though yes i just wanted to say Hi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny 
Nice. Okay. After that, mm -hmm. we start the second movie. We decide to watch um, Thunder in the City. Neither of us had heard about it. And by now, J-Lo just wanted a comedy. And I kind of concurred. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to watch here. I know. I'll go on YouTube and Google comedy films from the 1930s. Mm -hmm. And we're running through them and we see Thunder. In the City. In the City. Yep. All right. Edward G. Robinson. You know him, you love him, you don't know him, you don't care about him. <laughs> I don't know. That's your own personal business. Good actor. Yes. The film starts off, it's 1937 in New York City. He's an ad man. And even though it's the Depression, the company he's working for is doing fairly well. Mm -hmm. But the people in charge are a little bit older. They don't really like Edward G. Robinson's technique. And what's his character's name in this movie? Uh, Daniel Armstrong. Armstrong. Daniel Armstrong. Mm -hmm. So they call him into the office. They say, Daniel, we know you're successful, but you're a little bit unorthodox, and we think we need some time apart. Mm -hmm. Daniel's family is originally from England. England, yep. His father or his grandfather came to the U.S. Yep. And Daniel decides to go back and visit. Yep. Now, his relatives, they are cash broke, meaning at some point they had money. Now they have these estates to maintain, and it takes a lot to do that. So they're thinking that Daniel might want to buy one of their mansions, mm -hmm. and they're going to try to sell him on this by inviting him to the mansion for a fun weekend. Mm -hmm. He goes there, meets the Duke and Duchess, who are fun people. They have a daughter, mm -hmm. and they want her to marry into money. And her da the daughter's name, they call her Lady Patricia. Lady Patricia. Daniel and the dad become friends, and instead of buying the house, he wants to buy this mine that produces a substance. I can't remember. Is it? I don't remember what it's called. You want to take a guess? Gold? No. I don't remember. I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I forgot. Colmite? Huh? Might? What's it called? Magnolite. Magnolite. See, I knew but, you were. But it was, but it was um, initially, um, the, I think Mr. Snyderling was, um, had, had like, um, like a business selling cars and all that stuff. Okay, that has nothing to do with us. But, but I mean, I know I was thinking about him. Sorry. Um, go on. Okay. So he buys the Magnolite um, mines. Yeah. And doesn't even know what it is, but yeah. thinks he can make money off this. Calls the press in and discovers that it can be used in planes and whatnot. It's feeling this huge thing up about it. His old boss, Mr. Steinerman, comes in from New York to see it, him. And he's like, no, we can't do this, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, he pulls the Duke, Duchess, and Lady Patricia into a room when they're about to sign the contracts. And he's like, hey, guys, I don't have any money. But yeah. if you give me time, we're going to build a press around this thing. And the way we're going to get rich is by making this a public company. Okay? There's some hemming and hauling, but Lady Patricia gets them to agree to this. So they go into business. He's mm -hmm. advertising this. And everybody's excited. Mm-hmm. One day, Edward G. Robinson realizes that they have the, the magnolite, but there's a process they need to refine it. Mm 
and it's been created, but they need access to the patents. Yep. So he goes to see the inventor who had already sold it to another one of the uh, people involved in the story. Is that Manningdale? Manningdale. Manningdale. And, and that's a guy that uh, Patricia was supposed to marry. Exactly. Eddie G goes to see Manny Dale. Eddie G. <laughs> Daniel Robbins. Or Daniel uh, Armstrong. Daniel Armstrong. Dan Armstrong, yeah. Dan, little Danny Armstrong. <laughs> goes to see Manning Dale. And Manning Dale says, okay, I'm going to let everybody keep their stocks besides for you. And, you know, if you're a man of your word, you'll give me all your stocks. And you won't make any money off of this, but every all your other partners will be good. Mm-hmm. Edward G. Robinson agrees to this and then decides he needs to go on holiday. <coughs> He's at the airport, hears a commotion, goes outside. And by now he already told the Duke and Duchess about the deal. And the Duke is there and he has this thing. He's like... We, you know, we don't want you to go. We want you to go on vacation, but we want you to return. And I have this thing I want to read to you. We refuse your resignation. And he's like, okay, thank you, but that's not the case. And he's like, well, I haven't finished reading. He's like, I know what you're going to say. And Edward G. Robinson goes to the plane. Your girl Patricia is there and they fly away. Yep. He pretty much walks away from the Duke, even though. (laughs) Yeah. So. My takeaway is he's not going to become as rich as he would have been yeah. had he secured the patent. Yeah. But because now he's with Patricia and yeah. she owns a lot of stock, yeah. as long as he doesn't mess up that relationship, he's pretty much set for life. But it's yeah. not going to be the same level of wealth that he would have had otherwise. I, I would agree, but I think he would rather have the girl than anything else. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, That was a really fun movie. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I'd never heard of this movie before, at least not that I remember. Yeah, the ice cream joke was great, too. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, did you get that, babe? And you're like, I got you, Bob. You don't worry about you. Well, and then, like, two minutes later, you're like, oh, Bob, yeah. Fill me out. What's your ice cream I joke? fell asleep. <laughs> I was pretending that I got it, but I didn't. Yes. I kind of got that because I was laughing. And I'm like, you didn't get that, babe? You got that, babe? And you're like, babe, yeah, Bob. I said, yes. Yeah, don't but worry about like, you. Well, but yeah, he got to go, Bob. Bob. <laughs> You not nice. I am nice. I'm just saying it how it was, babes. And I hope we were printed to God for lying to me. Bobby. I forgive you. I'm just hoping that God does. And then we were joking. Wouldn't it be funny if you go to hell and that's the reason why? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Bubs. Yes. Ugh. That was only a joke, by the way. That wasn't meant to be serious. I know. Yes. No joking. Bye, believe What the ice cream? What? Oh, yeah. I can't. Uh, and you, you were you were making fun of the Three's Company theme song last night, and you just started laughing hysterically. And I'm like, "You're ruining the theme song." But meanwhile, you thought it was pretty funny too. I didn't know what to think. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> we changed the ending from Three's Company to to She's Something. Me too. Oh my goodness! Loves. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We ch- that's how we changed. No, it. I didn't change it. You were the one who changed it. Oh, I was just observing it, and I'm. Didn't yeah. you think that was clever because the rhyme remained the same? The words still rhymed the exact same way, but it was different. We changed, you know, two words in it. I didn't change it. You did. Okay, but you thought that was pretty <laughs> clever, though. Uh, sort of. Thank you. 
<laughs> and I will refrain from singing the first part of the theme song. Uh, no. The remaster version. No. Uh-uh. Anyways. My goodness. Babes, you've distracted me again. You did. From talking about this movie. Okay. I would give it an eight. I thought I it was ag- funny. I would agree. Um, I thought the acting was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I thought Edward G. Robinson did a really good job. And it was interesting because we saw him in um, Little Caesar and he was yes. a totally different character. But he was really good in this one. He's a good actor. The lady who played Patricia was. Yep. Everybody was. It was very good. Would you recommend this to your family? If so, what do you say about it? Oh, I, I don't know if I really have to say much about it. I just thought it was a really fun movie. Nice. Yes, I thought it was great. And at least right now, they can get it free on YouTube. Yeah. Who knows if that'll remain, but for the moment, it does. I do like that they've been showing like full movies on YouTube and they're not in parts. Yes. They used to do that a lot. That was annoying. It was very annoying. You had mm-hmm. to buy the, the entire movie to watch it. Yeah. I did not like that. It's more fun to watch it for free than to buy. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it makes the company any money. Probably not, but you know. Yes. It's good for us. That's why. Well, babes. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um. Well, it looks like you might have to get a new bowl for your food for the food processor. I know. I know. Um. That's unfortunate. Yes. But it's not the end of the world. And you've had this processor for how long? Years, like ten years, almost. Really? Yeah. Wow. But it's going to be yours. It is yours now, but it'll, you know. Oh. I haven't been using it for 10 years because it broke down a few years back. But uh, oh I'm excited for you to use it with you, babes. Mm. Yes. And you said that you had a replacement lid for it too, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. That would be good. That would be good, babes. So I guess I'll be, um, I'll be like, uh, um, um, pulsing some some hazelnuts one day. I don't know. Yep. A couple weeks from now. Oh. If all goes well. Yeah. Making some tarts. Yes. Or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know. I don't know. That chocolate coconut tart, the one we made like a couple weeks ago. That was really good. That was really, really good. We got to do that again soon. Oh. Yes. That was amazing. <laughs> that was super good. Baby. Very good, babes. Very well, Jay, well, is there anything else you want to talk about? Hmm. No. 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 Well, we should probably wrap this up and then... Yeah, because it's going to get hotter later. Yes. And I want you to get home at a decent hour so you don't have to worry about it. And I've got to um, do some laundry and other stuff. Very good, babes. Yeah. Right, give me a kiss. Okay. Okay. Bubs, normally. Yeah, normally. No sound. Alright. Alright, bye bye for now. Bye bye. Bye bye.